You're listening to the best possible taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Now, my final guest this evening is hotelier Rayburn from the multi-award winning Wineport Lodge in Glasson in County Westmeath. Ray joins us now to tell us about how the Luxury Lodge has gone from strength to strength since opening its doors 30 years ago. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Ray, congratulations on 30 years of the Wine Porch Lodge there up in Glasson in County West Meath. Since you started the business, I know you'll, you'll have seen lots of changes in the hospitality industry, but look, Let's start by 30 years ago and what was the inspiration for starting the business up? Because you started it, it was initially a restaurant attached to a sailing club on Loch Ree. Sure. I suppose, you know, the, 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 the incentive was myself and my then partner and my now wife, Jane, you know, we wanted to, to I, I suppose, be, our, be masters of our own destiny, be our own bosses. And uh, we had uh, opened a small kind of daytime restaurant not that far away in Turles Pass and it worked out well. And Jane's mum and her partner, Robin, had some land on the Shannon and they were developing a, a sailing centre. And uh, we got involved in the project because, you know, we, we could see you know, we could see there was potential there to make a, a business. Did you both come from hospitality backgrounds? No, neither of us came from hospitality. I, I sold cheese. Uh, for five years and Jane had had done uh, um, had studied in Trinity College in genetics uh, didn't particularly like it and was looking for you know a, a different uh, I suppose a career change and we'd set up uh, the daytime restaurant you know probably about 18 months previously in Turles Pass so we were kind of I suppose that was our experience that was our training uh, for the future. And I also think that a lot of people who maybe like to dine out and eat out can learn a lot from that experience being the customer to put into practice if they do end up going into a hospitality business. Sure, I couldn't agree more, Sharon. Like I suppose Jane and myself, you know, we're, you know, we, we love eating out. We love going to nice places. And uh, I do agree, if, you know, if you put yourself in the customer's shoes, you'll never go far wrong. Absolutely, because one of the things that really narks me is how slow they can be at times to take the drinks order because it's such a lost opportunity in revenue. Absolutely. Well, listen, it started off then as a restaurant. At what stage then did you decide to add rooms? Um, after three or four years, we, we made the restaurant bigger because it was so popular. And all the time we were getting inquiries from people saying, listen, we're coming to eat in your place and we're coming to say we're coming to the area. And, and where would you recommend that we would stay? And typically the options at the time was, you know, places like a, a town centre hotel, you know, your typical three-star, four-star hotel, uh, which you would get in any town in Ireland. And uh, we knew that the customers were looking for something different, something, you know, something that would kind of match the experience in the restaurant. And uh, we, we knew we build rooms you know, it, it would work. And I suppose we started down that long road, you know, of design and planning and all those things and eventually construction and, and, and we got the rooms open. So it took a while, you know, probably to, to open the first 10 bedrooms took, you know, the bones of five years. And uh, I remember thinking at the time, you know, we should have 
planned maybe to do, you know, 100 bedrooms because it was going to take so long to, to design and build and construct. Uh, we wouldn't be getting on with it. But I suppose we picked up the pace after that. And, we, you know, we, we, you know, I suppose we grew the business organically over a number of years. And you have a beautiful location there on the shores of Loch Ree. Like you couldn't ask really for a better outlook from a bedroom window. No, we're very blessed because, uh, you know, the, the site, you know, it, it, it's a very narrow site. So it, it only afforded to have rooms looking out one direction. You know, the build, the site wasn't wide to have rooms that were facing the lake and then other rooms facing away from the lake. So we're blessed that all the rooms face the lake. And also the fact that the, the site itself is west facing. So any bit of evening light or evening sun, even after a long, miserable day, you know, the clouds part and you get that little, you know, glow of evening sun coming down in front of the bedrooms. You know, we're, we're really lucky to have that. Fabulous. Absolutely fabulous. And the the restaurant itself was made quite famous by the TV programme, the restaurant. That's certainly how the Wineport Lodge came onto my radar and was down on, on my bucket list to go and, and visit. And I'm delighted now. It was over 10 years ago for a big birthday, but I was really taken aback by those fabulous views, the the staff and how welcoming they are, the sense of hospitality. How did the opportunity to be on to be the, the venue for the restaurant, how did that come about? Sure, at the time I was quite involved in the restaurants association. And you know, I was exploring an idea where, you know, at the time, you know, the restaurant show was very popular on TV and they they had filmed in a number of different venues and you know, I think to a degree, the production people had probably felt it had nearly run its course. But I approached them about doing something, you know, for the Restaurants Association itself, where, you know, we might kind of turn the tables. I had this idea that maybe, you know, the critics would cook for the restaurateurs or something like that. And uh, I, I connected up with the, I suppose, the mastermind, Philip Kampf, you know, the TV guy behind the, the restaurant show. And we had a chat about it and nothing, you know, concrete came of it. But then around the same time, it was coming up to the end of the year and RTE had approached Philip Camp and his production company uh, about doing maybe a one-off Christmas special because they, they felt the restaurant show had run its course, but they might do kind of a, you know, a, a one-off special. And uh, Philip approached me, you know, to take the uh, the filming, the, the production, you know, out of Dublin for a change and out to a, a different setting. And we said, we'd love to give that a go. And I suppose as that project uh, rolled along, RTE found a bit more budget at the time because it was you know the end of the year. And they said, no, actually, you know what we'll do? We'll actually, we'll do another series. There's enough money there. There's enough interest there. And one series led to about another nine. And uh, we had a great run of it. And it, it can be quite intrusive hosting uh, production like that because obviously cameras have to be brought in there's cables have to be stuck down to make the flow of the, the venue safe. So, you know, it's not a case of you set the restaurant up as you normally would and a couple of people come in with cameras. There probably was a lot of work beforehand, during and after to, to bring it all to life. Sure. It's, it's like the circus comes to town. And I, I always felt in hospitality, you know, that, you know, and restaurateurs, we work very hard. But like to see how hard they work in in TV production is just mind boggling. Like it just it's never ending. It's relentless. And yes, they did have to come in and they had to, you know, drill holes in walls to get everything everything to work. And uh, you know, they would have had to install maybe 
like a hundred individual light fittings, you know, just for a, a filming. So they used to make maybe they would film maybe, you know, you know, three days at a time, three days in sequence. And each uh, show was filmed in real time. So every restaurant, every episode of the show, it took a full day to film. And it would start off with the, the guest chef coming into the kitchen and it would culminate, you know, with those diners coming into the restaurant in the evening and giving their views. So it was quite a long, grueling day. But, you know, uh, we absolutely embraced it. We didn't worry at all about the, the, the you know, the cables being dragged in through windows and all the disruption. And uh, at the end of each night, you know, just as a little kind of a, a gesture of good and goodwill on our part, you know, we'd host a little kind of after show party. And uh, we certainly built a great relationship with the team. And of course, like great exposure, great marketing for the, the hotel, as you say. And, and I'm sure a lot of people that came to dine on the program were return customers then down the line. Sure. And the fact that you had all those celebrities over the years coming through, you know, it was great. And, and people would come in even today. People would, you know, a day wouldn't go by without someone coming into Wineport Lodge and saying, oh, is this where the restaurant show is made? And, uh, you know, and they expect to see you know, John Healy on the floor doing maitre d' or Stephen McAllister in the kitchen, which unfortunately they, they all have their own jobs and lives and businesses to run. But uh, we certainly always look after people who come in. And you mentioned that that opportunity kind of in, inadvertently came about by being a member of the Restaurants Association. And you're also a member of the Blue Book Ireland, which is a really prestigious organisation for hoteliers and restaurateurs to be part of. Sure. Yeah, we were invited to join the Blue Book back as far as 1999. And even then we were still a restaurant. We didn't have bedrooms. And, you know, the gain, you know, was definitely going to come from having a accommodation because, you know, if you looked at the, the Blue Book map at that time, you know, we just be, there, was a, no, there was a hollow in the middle and we became that dot in the middle. And uh, the Blue Book customer typically would be looking for somewhere to uh, to come and stay. But certainly, you know, even though we didn't have accommodation at the time, it, 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 it you know, we, we could see a huge uplift in being put on the map, on that blue book map. And I can remember the year we joined, you know, our business increased by 40%, you know, even though we had no accommodation at all, which was a huge factor. So if only even half that uplift was due from being a member of the blue book, it, would still be an, it has still been a great investment. And also a great networking opportunity there whenever you get to meet your fellow members and chat about what's going on in the industry and how you can work together, maybe from a lobbying angle with, with TDs, for example. But I want I want to ask you about over the 30 years and the trends that have come and gone and the new trends that, that are here now. For example, when you first opened sea swimming and lake swimming, was that a thing back then or is it something you're seeing now given your location? Sure. Well, sea swimming used to just be called swimming. <laughs> well, that is true. That is true. <laughs> but so, yeah, like, certainly like there, there wouldn't have been anything like the number of people hopping into the lake then as there is now. And also, you know, like typically, you know, 30 years ago, you know, people would book for dinner, you know, maybe about 8.30. You know, they might arrive at about 20 past 8 or maybe 20 to 9. They'd have a couple of drink drinks beforehand. Like it would be half nine, quarter to ten before they sit down at a table. Whereas now if you go around restaurants in Ireland, 
you know, mo most dining rooms would be, would be empty, you know, at 930. So, you know, we've become, you know, probably a bit more European and maybe a bit more American as well in that, you know, people like to, to eat earlier, probably a bit more, you know, healthy, ideally. And, uh, you know, people want activity when they go away. They don't want to just sit and uh, stay and eat. They want to go out and explore the local area, which is great. And, you know, we have to talk about the, the lock there and your latest addition in terms of accommodation, because there is a Dutch deal luxury cruiser there that people can stay in now. Sure. There was a, a friend of mine and he has a beautiful boat. He, he actually commissioned this new from uh, from Holland and uh, he was thinking about selling it this year. He hadn't had as much use as he would like to have out of it in the last couple of years of COVID and that sort of thing. And, and it was his suggestion. So we put it up, put it on the jetty at Wineport and uh, at least it'll give the boat a bit of exposure. So we opened it up to our own kind of customer base. And we said, listen, would you like to come and stay? And like certainly people in the summer came down and they, they stayed on and they loved it. You know, the boat is stationary. We don't uh, take them out on the lake, um, you know, because it's, it would be a big boat to manage. But what has surprised us is that even though it's now, you know, coming up to the end of the year, people are still making bookings, you know, right up to Christmas time to come and stay on the boat. Wow. But I'd say it's a great addition. It's a great addition. And, uh, you know, it's centrally heated. There's two large double cabins on it. There's a cabin that has a couple of bunk beds in it. There's two bathrooms. There's a fully fitted kitchen. Like, it's amazing the amount of space. It's like, it's really like kind of a small luxury apartment right on the water. And it's really just large. So, you know, we're happy to bring your breakfast down to you or you want to come in for dinner. It's just a few steps away. Fabulous. Fantastic. Um, tell me about the, the options for dining at Wineport Lodge because... Um, you have the restaurant and you also have the Grapevine Lounge, which recently won a very prestigious award. Sure, we were very privileged. Just a couple of weeks ago, uh, Georgina Campbell's uh, guide announced her awards for 2024 and the, the Grapevine Bar was awarded Bar of the Year. And it's just a lovely place to have you know, a coffee in the morning. You know, we, we do a kind of a light snack menu during the day. And we do a short bar menu in the evening time. And for people who check in late or who, you know, maybe are staying for a couple of nights and have had, you know, the, the posh dinner one night and they want a more informal experience without leaving the property. Uh, they come down, they get something to eat in the bar. We have a great team in the bar. They're very much into their, uh, you know, craft um, distilleries and good cocktails and nice beers and, you know, really good glasses of wine. And they're happy to chat and it's just a lovely place. You know, if you want to sit at the bar and, uh, you know, the bar has been specially designed that you can you can eat comfortably at the bar. And uh, if you want to read your book, that's fine too. And I'd say that is only one of many awards that you have um, gained over the years. No, we've been very privileged, Sharon. Like we've won a lot of awards over the years. And like last night, again, you know, our team were up for a spa award with our, our new Cedarwood Spa. Yeah, and they didn't come away with the top award, but like I think it was just fantastic that you know we were able to compete at that level, you know, with the top places in in Ireland. And tell me more about the spa and when you introduced it to the the hotel. Sure, like we'd always talked about doing a spa, and essentially, you know, we we had a big plan for a refurbishment, you know, just before you know we knew what COVID was, and we took our team over to the UK and we had a look around, 
you know, some really nice places around the Cotswolds and saw what's happening in hospitality there. And we kind of formulated our ideas and we came back and uh, we started building the spa. And obviously COVID held everything up in Ireland, but we managed eventually, you know, after stopping and starting to get it open. And uh, we have a beautiful small hydrotherapy pool, uh, three treatment rooms, a deck with four gorgeous uh, outdoor baths that people can have um, beautiful seaweed baths in or treatment baths in, uh, lovely relaxation lounge, you know, some beauty treatment. So it's it's boutique, it's small, it's run by a, a great team. Christine Mannion heads a fantastic team there and it's just been a great addition to the business. And has that opened up new markets for you in terms of groups of girls, mothers, daughters coming to the to the hotel? I think the groups of girls market in any event, Sharon, has been such a growth area in business generally. Like if you if you take even on a Sunday night, you know, we would rarely have more than a handful of rooms left, like a very small number of rooms. And like all the time, you know, you know, I would be meeting people as they check into uh, Wineport Lodge and it's it's mums and daughters and it's groups of girls and friends getting away and reunions and all that sort of thing. So that's definitely been a dominant market. And to have the spa there is great but to have things like the bicycles there and the walking trails is equally important so you have to have the right mix but uh you know the spa has definitely kind of added on uh opportunity for people and especially midweek that they might come and stay an extra night and some people will say i, I want a book to stay but i want to speak to the spa first because i want to be sure i can get an appointment so if we look forward to the next 30 years right what do the next 30 years hold for wineport lodge I suppose like with a lot of generational businesses and we're first generation in Wineport Lodge and, you know, I suppose we have to look to, you know, the, the other hospitality businesses in Ireland and take inspiration from, you know, other Blue Book properties. And, uh, you know, the, the, the really good ones managed to, to pass down to the next generation. So Jane and I have two uh, boys, uh, both relatively young still. Uh, Glenn is 21 and Robbie is 19. And, uh, you know, Glenn, you know, our older boy, has expressed interest in the industry. And, you know, Robbie is studying in UCD, but, you know, he works part time in hospitality in Dublin. So they both have definitely been reared in the business. And uh, if if one or both of them wanted to take it, you know, to the next level and take it more seriously, uh, we'd be happy to facilitate that. Fantastic. Well, listen, congratulations on the 30 years to, to date and continued success for at least another 30 years. That's great, Sharon. Thank you very much. I really appreciate the opportunity to chat. And if anyone wants to find out more information about Wineport Lodge, it's, it's all online. It's www.wineport.ie. Thank you. You're listening to the best possible taste on West Limerick 102 FM.